Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. And today we're continuing with a... Uh, Round Robin crossover with uh, several other old time radio hosts uh, who are uh, uh, here from their podcast, and I've already been on their program. So let's go ahead and we will go around. And uh, first of all, let's hear from Ron Eckelbarger. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me on. My name is Ron Eckelbarger, and I am host of Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. That's classiccomedyotr.com. We do three shows a week. Right now, we're doing The Aldrich Family on Mondays, Bob Hope on Wednesdays, and The Life of Riley on Fridays, although we're getting near the end of the run on actually all three of those. So it won't be too many months before we're going to have some some uh, new new comedy shows on the podcast. And uh, Andrew Rines? Hi, Adam. This is Andrew Rines from otrwesterns.com. Not only do I edit Adam's shows, I actually have a Western genre podcast. Put out an episode at least one a day, if not three to four, just depends. We're definitely over about 100 a month uh, we're putting out. And again, check us out, otrwesterns.com, and see if there's anything we like. And last but not least, virtual Vinny. Yes, in, in this case, I'm not virtual at this point, but... Uh... Yeah, I host uh, I Love Old Time Radio at iloveoldtimeradio.com, where each day we do uh, a different podcast with a different theme. Mondays, we do Actions, where we're covering the Green Hornet. Tuesdays, we cross over in Ron's area with comedy and My Favorite Husband. Wednesdays, we cross over in Adam's area and do Detectives. And right now, we're doing Let George Do It. On Thursdays, we hit Suspense with uh suspense actually this time and then on fridays we do some variety stuff and we're doing the abbott and costello show all right and we will talk more after the uh after today's episode which will be mr chameleon we're going to find out if mr chameleon can save christmas the original air date on this program is december 22nd 1948 and it's the woman's weapon murder case next Mr. Chameleon in The Woman's Weapon Murder Case. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer Aspirin. Now, let me tell you just who Mr. Chameleon is. A college man, he tried from childhood to live up to the name he bore, Chameleon, by taking on the color of whatever situation in which he found himself, appearing in endless guises, finally entering the police force where he became known as Chameleon, the man of many faces, the underworld's most dreaded man. The listener invariably knows who Mr. Chameleon is no matter which disguise he assumes, but the criminal he's tracking down seldom does. 
Tonight, we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Woman's Weapon Murder Case. The holiday season, which brings happiness to so many, can also be a period of desperate heartache, especially to the innocent, grief-stricken families of those who have run afoul of the law. No one knows this better than Mr. Chameleon, the great detective, who has encountered so much tragedy in his time. And he's looking unusually grave and thoughtful as he sits in the office of the commissioner of police, listening to the commissioner as he says, I don't know, Chameleon. I've just never been satisfied about the Helen Drake case. The evidence was all against her. She was at odds with her mother-in-law, and it was she who gave her mother-in-law the poison candy which killed her. Even so, the evidence wasn't strong enough to get her convicted of first-degree murder. Helen Drake got 20 years in prison, Commissioner. Can you think of anything much worse for a woman like that? Did you know her, Chameleon? No, I never met her. I followed the case with great interest at the time. I had met her mother-in-law, Mrs. Orlando Drake, a tight-fisted tyrant if I ever saw one. Mm. It's a wonder she allowed either of her sons to marry. I bet she interfered constantly. Well, she's dead and gone now. John Drake, Helen's husband, and his brother Horace are two wealthy men and independent. John's wife, Helen, is in prison. Yes, Chameleon, John Drake will spend this Christmas without his wife. Mm. Two fine sons will spend Christmas without their mother. To say nothing of the disgrace connected with such a thing. Pretty tough for two boys of 16 and 18. I take it that you've seen them recently, Commissioner. Yes, they were in here this afternoon with their father. John Drake is still convinced his wife is innocent. And the hard-boiled Commissioner of Police is touched. You're a hard-boiled detective yourself, Chameleon. And I notice you're interested in Helen Drake's possible innocence. (laughs) I always have been, Commissioner. I have a feeling that Mrs. Orlando Drake's murderer is still walking the streets. But how to smoke her out, that's the question. Her? Or him. Poison candy is a woman's method, but a man might have been smart enough to use it for that very reason. John Drake's brother Horace, or even John himself. What? Why not? Since I wasn't on the case, I've never met any of them. I would like to do that, Commissioner. Meet them? Mm Mm-hmm. Reopen the case if I feel it should be reopened. I think I know how to make the killer stick his neck out if I'm convinced the killer is still loose. Well, then question them by all means. Take Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold with you. John Drake and his sons are living in the mother's house. His brother Horace and his wife Sonia are with them, too. Any servants who were with Mrs. Orlando Drake? Her housekeeper, I believe, a Mrs. Sterling. Mm-hmm. It was Mrs. Sterling's testimony which convicted Helen Drake. Ah, I see. You know something, Commissioner? Wouldn't it be nice if I could get Helen Drake released from prison in time for Christmas? Are you kidding? Well, partly, but it'd still be nice. And don't remind me how near Christmas is. I know that just as well as you do, Commissioner. <laughs> And so, a few hours later, we find Mr. Chameleon sitting in the drawing room of the magnificent Drake house. And with him is a haggard, white-faced man, John Drake, who is saying... Mr. Chameleon, I was hoping that even at this late date you'd be put on the case. I'm sure my wife is innocent. I know it was Helen who gave my mother the candy. She actually handed my mother the very piece which killed her, but still... Your mother's housekeeper, Mrs. Sterling, was in the room at the time. And she saw your wife actually give your mother the candy. Yes, and Helen admitted it was she who bought the candy, but even so... Did your wife quarrel with your mother? I'm afraid so, Mr. Chameleon. But on my behalf, you you see, my brother Horace had always been mother's favorite. Mm. 
Mother was very unkind to me. And Helen is very outspoken. She wasn't afraid of Mother. Uh, your brother is here with you now? Yes. Sonia, his wife's been wonderful. She felt my boy should have someone to look after them. The housekeeper, Mrs. Sterling, is old and a bit eccentric, I'm afraid. I see. Mr. Drake, um, will you have one of these? Uh, uh, what are they, Mr. Chameleon? Oh, they're a very uh, special candy I'm extremely fond of. Sort of a coffee mint. No, thanks. Well, they're really delicious. Only one shop in New York that makes them, Arnell's. I always carry some with me. Now, if you don't mind, I would like to talk to your brother Horace and his wife, Sonia. They're in the study across the hall, waiting for you. Thank you. I'll go in to see them. Mr. and Mrs. Drake, I'm Chameleon of Central Headquarters. How do you do? How do you do? I'm here to ask some questions. We have reopened the case of the poisoning of your mother last summer, Mr. Drake. But, Mr. Chameleon, what makes you think that my sister-in-law, Helen, didn't kill my mother? I am not saying that she didn't. The jury seemed to think she did. I never thought she did. Never, Horace. Oh, Sonia. I mean it. Believe me, Mr. Chameleon, if you have evidence to show that Helen is innocent, well, it's wonderful, that's all. It's simply wonderful. Have you such evidence? I am not free yet to say. Uh, Mrs. Drake, would you like one of these candies? What? One of these special candies I'm very fond of. I get them at Marnell's. Oh, no, no, thank you. Mr. Drake? No, thank you. Mr. Chameleon, have you talked to Mrs. Sterling, the housekeeper? Uh, not yet, Mrs. Drake. Detective Sergeant Arnold has gone upstairs to fetch her. Well, she can't help you. Good heavens, Mr. Chameleon, if Helen didn't kill my mother, who do you think did? I, for instance? I inherited the largest share of my mother's fortune. Do you think that I killed her? Horace, darling, don't get so excited. I have reason to get excited, Sonia. If Mr. Chameleon suspects me... I haven't said a word about suspecting anyone. I haven't even said I have concrete evidence. But you must have. If you're reopening the case, a famous detective like you, Mr. Chameleon, isn't asking questions for the exercise. Mr. Chameleon? Yes, Dave? Mrs. Sterling, the housekeeper, is here. Oh, send her in, please. I'm already in. I've lived in this house for 30 years, and no cop is going to tell me when I can come in and out of rooms. When there is murder involved, Mrs. Sterling, the police have certain rights. The murder was taken care of. Helen Drake gave her mother the poison candy. I saw her. She was sent to jail. And good riddance. I never liked her. She was too independent. Mrs. Sterling, that's no way to speak of Helen. Mr. Chameleon, mm. I think it's wicked to reopen this case. We've all gone through enough. Let sleeping dogs lie. That's my motto. Well, my motto, Mrs. Sterling, is the innocent must be protected and the guilty must be punished. And frankly, Mrs. Sterling... I like my motto a great deal better. And now, back in the office of the Commissioner of Police, Mr. Chameleon is saying... Have a candy, Commissioner. They're really delicious. Hmm? Special confection put up by Marnell's. Oh, thanks, Chameleon. Huh? Hey, since when have you taken to eating candy? That's what I want to know. Every time I look at him, he has a piece in his mouth. Well, that goes to show, Dave, how easily you can acquire a certain habit. I never ate candy before. Now, I like it, especially these uh, coffee-flavored mints that I so carefully told the Drakes were my favorite confection. So that was the idea. Mm-hmm, that was the idea. Commissioner, I am more convinced than ever that Mrs. Orlando Drake's murderer is still walking the street. I have no actual proof, but I have laid the groundwork for the smoking-out process, shall we say. Now I want to release two newspaper stories. Such as? First, that Mr. Chameleon has a definite lead on the killer of Mrs. Orlando Drake. Uh-huh. 
said Mr. Chameleon, firmly believes that Mrs. Helen Drake was wrongly accused and convicted of the crime. Secondly? And secondly, I am releasing a story the day after tomorrow is Mr. Chameleon's birthday. Huh? Yes, it really is. I had the tough luck to be born just before Christmas. But even so, I expect to receive plenty of presents, including some of my favorite candy. What? Well, of course, Dave. Now, what better gift from a well-wisher, or rather from someone who doesn't wish me well? Meanwhile, Commissioner, as of tomorrow, I expect to be working at Marnell's, the very French, very elegant candy shop. And when I say elegant, I mean elegant. All satin and gilt and candy, five dollars a pound. Have you talked to him yet? As I've talked to Marnell himself. He's engaging me as a clerk tomorrow under the name of Peter LaRue. And I am very curious to see if any of the Drake family come in to buy some of Mr. Chameleon's favorite candy. I am looking for evidence, Commissioner. Evidence. And now, the following day, in Marnell's fashionable candy shop, we find Mr. Chameleon in his disguise of Peter LaRue. Very French, very distinguished, with his pince-nez glasses, and he's saying to Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold... How do I look, Dave? Mr. Chameleon, all I can say is you don't look like any candy clerk I ever saw. <laughs> well, that's because you've never patronized Marnell's. I wonder if the Drake saw my stories in this morning's paper. Both stories. I think they did. Hmm? Here comes Horace now. Good. Very good. Go in the back room, Dave, and keep Monsieur Marnell company. Don't let Horace Drake see you. Now, watch my French accent. Good afternoon, sir. What can I do for you? Well, uh, I'm looking for a certain candy you sell here, a coffee-flavored mint. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, this is our specialty. I'd like some, please, a pound box. Oh, dear. I am very sorry. I am afraid we have none today. Now, uh, these uh, coconut creams are another specialty of the house. No, no, I want the others. Oh. <laughs> you and uh, Monsieur Chameleon. What? Uh, there is a uh, Mr. Chameleon. I believe he's the uh, well-known detective uh, uh, who liked these uh, same coffee mints. <laughs> he is just as insistent as you are in getting them. Unfortunately... I must have them. When will they be in? Later this afternoon? Tomorrow, perhaps? Mr. Horace... What are you doing here? Mrs. Sterling, what are you doing here? I came to buy some candy. I don't believe you. You followed me. Don't be silly, Mr. Horace. Uh, young man. Oui, madame. What can I do for you? I want some of that special candy of yours. Uh, coffee-flavored mints. Oh. <laughs> that makes uh, three of you like our mints. Three of us? Mrs. Sterling, they haven't got any. They're out of them today. Out of them? Is that true, young man? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, it have just occurred to me. A new shipment uh, came in from our candy kitchen a while ago. Let me look under that counter. Excuse me, please. Mrs. Sterling, what do you want with that candy? I could ask you the same thing, Mr. Horace. I'm only buying it because I like it. Because I want to eat it myself. There's no reason for you to get so hysterical, Mr. Horace. Sometimes you still act like you did when I took care of you as a spoiled little boy. Maybe you should go up to your place in Connecticut and take a short rest. I don't need a rest. I... There we are. There we are, coffee mints. Oh, this is splendid. Uh, will you each take a pound? They are for 50 pounds. For 50? Mm -hmm. I was only given... Well, all right. Here it is. Here you are. Oh, thank you. Your candy, madame. Yours, monsieur. Do come again. Thank you. 
Have they gone, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, Dave, they've gone. After the very strange and a very revealing conversation. Now I can hardly wait to find out whether Mr. Chameleon gets a present of some of his favorite candy on his birthday. It came all right, Commissioner. A pound of my favorite candy is a birthday present. Brought in, of course, by the story I put in the paper saying my birthday falls just before Christmas. Dave has the candy now. It's being tested in the laboratory. How is the package wrapped, Chameleon? Plain brown paper. The address was printed. And the poison, if there is poison, could easily be inserted in the candy. And if it was, I... I'll take that, Commissioner. Hello? Hello, is this Mr. Chameleon? This is Sonia Drake. Oh, yes, Mrs. Drake. Mr. Chameleon, can you come out to our place immediately? I mean, our country place near New Haven. They just called me from there. Something horrible has happened. To your husband? How did you know? Horace drove out there last night. His body was found just an hour ago. He'd been robbed and shot. Shot? I'm leaving New York for New Haven immediately. I thought if you could... I'll be there by the next train or by motor, whichever is the quickest. If you give me the address. We're on Red Rock Road, six miles out of New Haven. Thank you. Mrs. Drake, I am shocked, and I promise you I will do my best to find the killer. Commissioner... Horace Drake was murdered last night near his country place. What? Where is Dave Arnold? He should be back from the laboratory with that candy that was sent me. And if it does contain poison... Well, Commissioner, the killer has rarely stuck his neck out this time. The time is getting short, Chameleon. If you expect Helen Drake to be released in time for Christmas, you'll have to work awfully fast. Well, I'm doing my best, Commissioner. Even so, I didn't work fast enough to save Horace Drake. You sure he wasn't killed by hold-up men? Positive. Horace Drake was losing his nerve. Somebody killed him for fear that he'd go to pieces and tell what he knows about his mother's murder. Chameleon, has it occurred to you that even if Helen Drake should be released from prison, her Christmas might not be a happy one? You mean her husband, John Drake, might be the murderer? Well, he benefited financially from his mother's death. Of course, a man must be a monster to kill his own mother and let his wife be sent to jail for it. Monsters are no novelty to me, Commissioner. But I have a theory. Mr. Chameleon, you guessed right. That box of your favorite candy was full of poison. Every piece had a lethal dose. I thought so. How was it done, Dave? A tiny hole was made in the candy with a needle. But the hole was big enough to take in enough poison. Wonderful. Wonderful. You have a queer sense of what's wonderful, Chameleon. No, no, but at least I have a weapon to use now. Before, I had nothing but vague suspicions. But the killer made the mistake of placing a weapon in my hands. What do you mean, Mr. Chameleon, a weapon? The candy, Dave. The box of candy. Not the one with the poison in it, but a duplicate box, which I shall buy at Marnell's. And armed with that candy, we shall go to the Drake's country home near New Haven. What? Horace Drake went out there last night. He was waylaid, robbed, and shot to death in his car. Mr. Chameleon? Mm-hmm. The killer is really losing their nerve. And my birthday box of candy will make them lose it completely. <laughs> Mr. Chameleon and the woman's weapon murder case continues in just a moment. There's no need to let a cold make you feel utterly miserable. To quickly relieve painful cold symptoms, do what thousands do. Take two Bayer aspirin tablets with a full glass of water. Relief comes fast because Bayer aspirin is ready to go to work in two seconds. And to combat sore throat due to a cold, dissolve three Bayer tablets in one-third of a glass of water and gargle. You'll find the pain and irritation are relieved, the soreness is soothed almost instantly. Because Bayer aspirin dissolved in water, 
makes a highly potent medicinal gargle that brings quick relief to irritated membranes of your throat. So to relieve painful cold symptoms, take two Bayer aspirin tablets with a full glass of water, and to ease accompanying sore throat, gargle with three Bayer tablets dissolved in one-third of a glass of water. When you buy, ask for Bayer aspirin by its full name, never by the name aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the woman's weapon murder case. Mr. Chameleon has become convinced that Helen Drake, who is now in prison, was wrongly convicted of her mother-in-law's poison murder. And the behavior of the wealthy Drake family when he reopens the case convinces him further that justice has not been done. And we find him now with Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold near the country home of Horace Drake, who has just been killed. Here we are, Dave. That's the Drake house right ahead of us. Gosh, this is sure a lonely spot, Mr. Chameleon. Isn't it? Horace Drake must have been killed just about here. Hey, Mr. Chameleon, there's no light in the house. Well, that's strange. Sonia Drake should have been here at least an hour ago. Come along, Dave. Suppose they heard the car stop? Possibly. I doubt if anyone will take a shot at us. This is the type of killer who prefers more subtle methods. Mr. Chameleon, what? look. There's a light in that room. Just one light. And there's someone pacing up and down. John Drake. Mm-hmm, the murdered man's brother. And that old housekeeper, Mrs. Sterling, is sitting watching him. Ring the bell, Dave. Bring it again. Keep your finger on it if necessary. That's enough. Someone's coming. Who is it? Open up, Mrs. Sterling. It's Mr. Chameleon. What are you doing here? Sonia Drake sent for me. I suggest that you let us in, and quickly, too. Mrs. Drake is upstairs. She's been prostrated by her husband's death. Go upstairs and fetch her, please. But, Mr. Chameleon... Go upstairs and fetch her, Mrs. Sterling. Yes, sir. I shall be in the other room with John Drake. Come along, Dave. Mr. Drake? Oh, Mr. Chameleon. I suppose Sonia sent for you. Yes. Your sister-in-law, Sonia, told me that your brother Horace has been murdered. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Poor Horace. Is... Yes, poor Horace. I am almost as sorry for him as I am for your wife, Helen. What do you mean? You, you don't believe my brother was killed by hold-up men? He was killed because he knew too much about your mother's murderer. What? Tell me, Mr. Drake, where are your sons? They're not here in this house? Well, no, no, th their school holidays don't begin until tomorrow. Why? What I have to say may be extremely shocking, though no more shocking than the belief that their mother is a murderess. Mr. Chameleon, my wife Helen isn't a murderess. No, she is not. I know that now. Just a case of getting a confession from the real murderer. I intend to get that confession before I leave this house. Oh, here are Mrs. Sterling and your sister-in-law, Mrs. Drake. Mr. Chameleon, it was very good of you to get here so quickly. I'd have gotten here sooner, Mrs. Drake, if I hadn't stopped along the way to talk to a night watchman on your block in the city. Night watchman? Yes, Mrs. Sterling, a night watchman. I want to find out if he'd seen Horace Drake drive off last night. It seems that he had... Horace Drake left New York at 10 o'clock. He was murdered, I believe, a little after midnight. 
Well? Mr. Drake, where were you last night between nine o'clock and three in the morning? Mr. Chameleon, are you implying that one of us here killed my brother Horace? Answer me, please. I was home in bed. I went to bed early. You? Sonia Drake? I went to bed early. And so did I. One of you happens to be lying. Now, Mr. Drake, I've been going over the evidence which was given at your wife Helen's trial. The evidence that put her in prison where she is now. Two days before Christmas. What evidence? The evidence at the trial showed that she bought the candy which killed your mother. As Mrs. Sterling testified, she even gave it to your mother. Oh, which reminds me, uh, someone sent me some of my favorite candy today as a gift. I have it right here. Would you like some? No, and please get to the point, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, I am getting to the point, but I must have a piece of this. Dave? Huh? Oh, uh, yes, thanks. Really delicious. I think I'll have a second piece. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, the candy which killed your mother, Mr. Drake, was in the house half a day. So there were several people who had plenty of time to poison it. Mrs. Sterling, Sonia Drake, and you, John Drake. All of you could have done it. But how? How? Yes, how? By making a tiny hole in the candy with a needle and inserting the poison. Which uh, reminds me, Mrs. Drake, won't you have one of these? You mean one of your candies? Yes, I'd especially like to have you try them. But I, I don't eat candy. I'm afraid I must insist. Take a piece, please. I, I don't want to. You have to. No, you can't make me... John, Mrs. Sterling, don't let him do this. Sonia. Mrs. Drake. I don't want any candy. You're going to eat some of it just the same. Or are you afraid they're poisoned? No. No, of course not. Well, then eat some, Mrs. Drake. No, I won't. I won't do it. Because you're pretty sure they are poisoned. And you are the one who poisoned them. You sent both your husband and Mrs. Sterling to buy them. Your husband suspected what you were up to, and Mrs. Sterling wasn't sure. But you figured if the worst should happen, you could push it off on them. You weren't anywhere near that candy shop. And neither were they. Oh, yes, they were. I happen to wait on them myself. Mr. Chameleon. The clerk in the candy shop? That was you in disguise? Yes, Mrs. Sterling. Did she send you? Did you go to buy that candy at Sonia Drake's request? Yes. I half suspected, but I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that I'd sent an innocent woman, Helen Drake, to prison. You still haven't proved anything, Mr. Chameleon. No, Sonia Drake, but the watchman saw a woman leave your house in New York at nine o'clock last night. He saw her return at three this morning. That gave you plenty of time to get up here and kill your husband and take the train back. Now, will you try this candy, or must I force you to? No, no, you can't force me to take it. I admit that I did it. <laughs> I killed my mother-in-law. I wanted the money that Horace would inherit from his mother. Sonia, you let Helen go to prison for something you did? You sent my wife to prison. Yes, John, I admit it. Just don't make me eat that candy. It means death, the most horrible kind of death. Oh, but, but you took some, Mr. Chameleon. And Detective Sergeant Arnold. Mm -hmm. And we are both still alive. This is not the candy that you sent me, Mrs. Drake. You'd have been quite safe in taking a piece of it. What? You know, I've been sure all along that a woman was the killer. Poison is so often a woman's weapon. And I counted on a woman's emotionalism, too. I was pretty sure that in a crisis, that emotionalism would betray you. Why, why did I give myself away? I arrest you, Sonia Drake, for the murder last summer oh. of your mother-in-law, Mrs. Orlando Drake, and for the murder last night of your husband, Horace. Oh. Shall I take her away, Mr. Chameleon? Please, Dave. I always knew my wife, Helen, couldn't have done it. But it took you to prove it, Mr. Chameleon. I'll never forget your motto, the innocent must be protected. When, 
When will they let Helen out of prison? Tomorrow. In time for Christmas. And 24 hours later at the Blenton Prison for Women, a glowing-faced Mr. Chameleon is walking arm-in-arm with a pale but happy woman, and he is saying... I couldn't resist it, Helen Drake. I just couldn't resist coming here and getting you myself and delivering you personally to your husband and your two boys. Mr. Chameleon, I'll never be able to thank you enough. I still don't know how you did it. Well, your uh, sister-in-law, Sonia, cooperated. As I told her, I was positive that a woman had committed that murder. That uh, narrowed the field to her and Mrs. Sterling. But I'm a woman. Well, yes, but uh, my, um, shall we say, my male intuition told me that you were innocent. Or my cop's intuition. That's a great deal more accurate. <laughs> you know, of course, Mr. Chameleon, that you're, you're giving me the most wonderful Christmas present, and, and John and the boys. Oh, it's the best Christmas we've ever had. Well, perhaps that goes for me, too. No, we all like to play Santa Claus, and I have been able to play Santa Claus and see justice done at the same time. And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. Next time an ordinary headache threatens to spoil your plans, get fast relief by taking Bayer Aspirin. You'll be amazed at how quickly Bayer Aspirin works. And the reason is that it starts to disintegrate within two seconds after you take it. To see for yourself that this is true, just drop a Bayer Aspirin tablet in a glass of water and watch what happens. Before it reaches the bottom of the glass, it will begin to disintegrate. It does the same in your stomach, hence brings relief with astonishing speed. Yes, and Bayer Aspirin is dependable, too. Its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect is a record no other pain reliever can match. When you buy, ask for it by name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at the same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Case of Death and the Talking Parrot. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson, with dialogue by Marie Balmer, from the original story by Frank and Anne Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. The members of our cast join with our sponsors in wishing all our listeners a Merry Christmas. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Friends, there's a new toothpaste on the market that you'll want to try. It's called Lion's Toothpaste. And it's not just another old toothpaste with an added ingredient, but is completely new and radically different in formula. For this reason, new Lion's Toothpaste does what no other toothpaste can do. Yes, laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth prove that it actually gets teeth brighter, two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands. 
brighter by far than any other toothpaste. So for a brighter smile, try this toothpaste that cleans without soap, polishes without chalk, Lion's Toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Case of Death and the Talking Parrot next Wednesday night at this same time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Now, before we get into the discussion, I do want to just make this uh, observation. By my, my calculation, the solution to the case came on December 23rd, so Mr. Chameleon could escort the woman home on Christmas Eve. Mr. Chameleon's birthday was the previous day, and this will be released on December 21st. So Mr. Chameleon's birthday is tomorrow. So it's probably appropriate just to wish a happy Mr. Chameleon's birthday to all who celebrate. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and we'll talk uh, about your thoughts on the episode. Can you say that again? Yeah. T uh, tomorrow <laughs> is Mr. Chameleon's birthday. So okay. happy Mr. Chameleon's birthday to everybody who celebrates. I just like the thought process you got to it. Yeah. Today's tomorrow's birthday. <laughs> I thought it was yesterday. No, it's tomorrow. It's December 22nd. Okay. Well, I, I, I want to say one thing about, uh, I, I noticed, and I don't know if anybody else noticed, but Adam, you're the only one that did not have Christmas in your title. Yeah, I don't know if we should we should allow, we should probably start all over. I think you should pick another episode. <laughs> not Actually, none of our Christmas episodes actually have Christmas in their title this week. I, I don't know. Mine was called the Twas the Night Before Christmas. Well, none of mine, I'm saying, so. <laughs> oh, okay. I just I, I I will say that uh, for me, uh, coffee flavored mint sounds awful. Yeah, I was hoping we weren't going to bring that one up. <laughs> Leave it to me. Of course, it, it, mint, mint flavored coffee is okay. It's just the other way around. See, I'm not well, a big fan of coffee. So my yeah, exactly. My wife would would love that. I'm sure. But even though I grew up in Seattle, the coffee capital of the world, I am not a coffee drinker. But I think my wife would have loved the mints. She would have she would have taken one for Mister Chameleon. But I would have passed not because of the poison, but just the flavor. Yeah, I'm from Vermont, and we have Green Mountain Coffee, which is pretty big around here. And yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan. And I like peppermint. Well, I, I, I think that it actually works for Mr. Chameleon's purpose to have that as the candy, because if somebody goes to buy the candy, it's to poison him, not because they actually want the stuff. True. That, that definitely uh, does make it stick out like a sore thumb. The other thing I notice is, uh, is the, sorry, the music uh, in this series, in all of Mr. Chameleon, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to it going, I know I've heard these, you know, intro and outros, right? So they're cutting to commercials and stuff. And I'm like, I've heard these before. And then I'm flipping through old TV shows and I'm like, oh, this is just stock radio uh, music put into TV. And when I first heard them, they were on TV. So it's just kind of cool to see where a lot of these older uh, sound bites came from. And we're still using, probably still used on TV this day. We are a world of recycling ideas and recycling music. Well, the King, King Saul. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, King Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. And that was what, 3,000 years ago. So, yeah, we recycle a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, music wise, uh, Dick Tracy actually, the, the TV show used the Johnny Dollar theme. Although the Dick Tracy TV show same came before Johnny Dollar Radio, the, the serial. So it may have been a case of vice versa on the recycling. Now, did, did you know, I used to like love listen, watching, like uh, reading detective books. And usually I used to be pretty good at figuring them out. But every time these old time radio shows, I don't know, like with Let George Do It or with Mr. Chameleon, I, I still don't know how they just, oh yeah, I knew who the killer was like like a half hour ago. Uh, I I really thought it was the other brother. Well, yeah, Mister Chameleon I, made an assumption about who did it, and it, it's kind of interesting because he he actually with the commissioner was open to the idea that a man might have committed the crime. Um, but then when he was explaining the solution, he acted like yeah, I was one hundred percent sure it was a woman, and therefore it was you. Well, even even today in 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 modern detective shows, they do, you know, profilers do make a point that there are certain weapons that women tend to use to commit murders and certain weapons that men tend to use. So that that is a concept that's been around for a while. But I thought it I thought it was uh, a good twist for the the woman who committed the original murder using poison. She went ahead though and killed her husband with a gun. And that kind of, I think uh, at least it seemed to me that Mr. Chameleon was a, a little bit surprised at first. Oh wait, this guy just got shot with a gun. Maybe that doesn't fit my thought that a woman was doing this, but of course, I mean, he was right. It was. Yeah. Right. I was way then, off. I thought it was a team between the, the Mrs. Sterling, the, the housekeeper and, you know, John, the brother. I was way off. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think the fact that they were both at the store, it, yeah, the, I don't think they. I didn't think they were working together because, or or otherwise, there w there would have been a third person involved. I would think, which I guess would would kind of go back to uh, John's wife, or or the brother's wife. Well, that's the thing is because Horace was the one at the store. And he was surprised to see Mrs. Sterling. So I knew they weren't working together. And then Horace gets shot. So I'm like, well, then it's got to be John. It's got to be John. that Because she met the, Mrs. Sterling, made that comment like, I was only given this amount. So I knew she was working with somebody or she was there because of somebody else. But I did not even think it was Horace's wife. I, I, I kind of figured it wasn't John just because uh it was christmas and they were going gonna probably go for a happy ending but that's not really something you can gather organically from the mystery no i just did i i just did suspense so you know i i didn't expect uh that to have a happy ending either well any other comments on the episode before we go i i didn't want to talk i just kind of go around and talk about uh because We've got the old time, each of us have got our own old time radio podcast. Uh, 
What uh, can listeners expect to hear on each of your podcasts in the new year? Are there any uh, show, new shows you've got planned or are looking at? Uh, let's just go ahead and uh, talk about what uh, listeners can expect in 2024. So for uh, my show, doing the Westerns, we have a lot of shows that are uh, hopefully coming to an end. Some of the, the song and dance ones are get a little tiresome after a while, but there's some ones that we haven't actually released yet. Uh, Ranger Bill's one that we're looking at doing, uh, Tales of the Diamond K. There's just a lot of different ones that are genres we've never or shows we've never put out there. And we're definitely always trying to get those mixed in and um, trying to fit within our release schedule. Because, of course, the problem with some of the shows, Lone Ranger as an example, I've got 20,000 episodes. So it takes me a while to get through, you know, a year on those. So uh, we're always trying to burn through them. But, yeah, we've got a couple new shows coming, um, ones I've never heard of, and definitely look forward to putting out there, and hopefully everybody comes over and takes a listen. On uh, Classic Comedy, we have been, uh, I've been doing the podcast for five years and doing Bob Hope once a week on Wednesdays. We are just now coming to the end of Bob Hope. That'll be in 2024. I think we're going to replace him when we finally end uh, Bob Hope. In spite of the fact this is, I mean, he did so many years that he was on from like, I think it was 38 to to 54, but uh, we're still missing way more than half of the episodes. But eventually I think we're going to replace him with Jack Benny, uh, another type of sketch comedy. Uh, when we come to the end of the life of Riley and the Aldrich family, I'm looking at Fibber McGee and Molly, uh, our Miss Brooks, and and a couple of others. But yeah, we will de- all all three of our shows will be new sometime in 2024. Vinny, for I Love Old Time Radio, uh, we just started the Green Hornet, so that will be with us for a while. Uh, suspense has got thousands over a thousand episodes so we'll be doing that for quite a while uh armis brooks uh not you're you're, you're doing armis brooks we uh, i'm doing my favorite husband um that one will be probably ending and it looks like we're going to have george burns and gracie uh join us for on tuesdays and uh wednesdays uh let george do it will be with us for a little bit and on fridays abba costello will be leaving and we'll have Bing Crosby joining us on Fridays. Wow, some uh, big, some big uh, schedule changes uh, over here on Great Detectives. Uh, we're going to uh, reach the end of the Johnny Dollar serials, and we're going to have a couple of surprise returns that uh, people want to listen for, and then we'll be getting into Bulldog Drummond. Uh, and I think that will carry us through most of the rest of the year. And then at some point, uh, some point this year, we're going to uh, wrap up uh, both uh, Dangerous Assignment and Mr. Chameleon, and they'll be replaced respectively with Broadway is my beat. And uh, then we will be playing Mr. and Mrs. North on Thursday. So, uh, We've got those changes. Those are going to be t- more towards the second half of the year. Uh, but I, I think we've got some great shows to look forward to. And uh, I want to thank every, uh, each of you for uh, joining us and for sharing about uh, today's episode. 
and uh, you can check out each of their uh, podcasts, uh, and we will include them in the show notes. Uh, and uh, you, the, uh, they were actually hosted me each of the last three days. So go back and check out those episodes uh, over at uh, their websites. And again, all that going to be in the show notes and uh, uh, at your uh, specific uh, websites. And that will actually do it. Uh, I do want to thank our Patreon supporter of the day really quick. Thank you so much to Deborah. Deborah has been one of our Patreon supporters since uh, December 2018, currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Deborah. And we will be back uh, next Thursday with, um, actually, we'll be back in two weeks on Mr. Chameleon as uh, next week will be our uh, vacation week. Uh, and, but join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the Nick Shern matter, where... Johnny, I want to ask you something about my daughter. And I want you to answer me honestly. All right. It's no use trying to fool you. She's here, all right. I know. But she hasn't told me what it was that happened in New York, which she ran away from. Somehow I figured it was just as well not to ask her. Your sheriff, Dan Martin, said practically the same thing. Dan's been in love with Kathy since he was 12 years old. He's a good man. Solid, so I forget. Anyway, she was scared. Scared half to death. And she'd come home for help, so we tried to help her. What was it you wanted to ask me, Mr. O'Dear? You mentioned a murder case, Johnny. You didn't give any of the details, just said that Kathy was her witness. Is, is she mixed up in this murder? And you wanted an honest answer. In the meantime, do send your comments, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.